What would bring a couple working in show business to Northwest Arkansas to open, of all things, a natural wine bar and bottle shop? And by the way, what is natural wine? Well, we're going to explore all of that today on the Know the News podcast. Hi, my name is Rusty Turner. I'm, your, I'm the host of the Know the News podcast, which is a production of the newsroom of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. On Sunday, our Profiles reporter, April Wallace, will bring readers the fascinating story of Jeff Barnett and Megan McDonald, a married couple who own and operate Mavis Wine Company in downtown Rogers. What makes the business unique is that it sells only natural wines, and it may be the only business of its type in the state. April is here to talk about that with us today. Hi, April. Hi, Rusty. And we're also joined today by Jeff Barnett. He's the co-owner of Mavis Wine Company, and he uh, also has a very interesting personal story about how he and Megan arrived here in Northwest Arkansas. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, well, I'm going to start with you, April. How did you get the idea for this story? Well, um, in my past life, I was the Rogers City reporter, and so I, I know a number of people who work downtown and um, one name that kept popping up over and over again was Mavis Wine Company. And I kept hearing about the good things that the couple was doing in the community and how involved they were. And um, Karen Wagaman at the Rogers Chamber explained to me the, the unique part of their shop, which is that it's all natural wines. And I hadn't heard of natural wine, so that piqued my curiosity. Okay. All right. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later, Jeff, and you can tell us what, what differentiates wine from natural wine. Uh, but uh, April's story does tell us that you and Megan were working in Hollywood, working in show business, doing that sort of thing. How did, how did, how did you get there to start? How did you get into that business? Um, I, I moved out to California um, from Indiana after college to um, become a production assistant and sort of like learn the business. Mm -hmm. And um, Megan had kind of done the same thing um, from, you know, moving out there from Kansas where she grew up um, um, in uh, going into costumes. Mm -hmm. um, so I did um, production assistant on a, on a few jobs and eventually started doing uh, art department um, production assistant, then art department, then, then kind of fell into props, which is um, kind of considered anything like an actor's holding in their hand mm -hmm. um, in a scene. So I'm was kind of in charge of, um, you know, handing it to them and then taking it back when they call cut and uh, just keeping track of, you know, continuity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, April Story mentioned uh, uh, one of the shows that you, you worked on, but uh, which was uh, uh, Scandal, I believe. Yes, yeah. yes. Which is a very popular show. It was on for several <laughs> years. So. It was, yes. so, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what other shows or movies that you worked on. While you um, let's see. Uh, well, uh, Scandal was the longest mm -hmm. thing I worked on. I, I did seven years on that um, from the pilot to, to the very end. Um, um, let's see. I ha kind of ended up more in television, but I, I did do some a few features mm -hmm. when I started out. Um, uh, Nancy Drew was the first sort of like big, yeah. big time movie I worked on. Um, let's see. I worked on uh, Superbad and Pineapple Express, kind of, that was sort of back-to-back, -back. Um, 17 again. <laughs> um, and then uh, I worked on the show Cold Case quite a bit, oh, yeah. um, the uh, the CBS, you mm -hmm. know, crime drama. Uh, that was really fun because we would, we would uh, you know, flash back to a different decade every episode. So sometimes we'd be in the 50s and sometimes we'd be in the 70s. And mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, it was so it was always kind of changing it up. We had we, on our prop truck, we had this file cabinet. The show was set in uh, Pennsylvania, so we had a file cabinet on on the prop truck that was Pennsylvania license plates, like all through the years. <laughs> and it, was just, it was just Pennsylvania plates. That's depending that's on really interesting. Where we where we were. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, so you managed the props on the set, which has got to be an enormous job. Uh, yeah. But were you also procuring uh, props as well, oh, trying yeah. to find period things? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. During prep, you're doing yeah. a lot of um, yeah sourcing um, right. items and um, you know a lot of stuff you can rent. Um, eBay is a really yeah. you know, big big uh, help too. Um, yeah. So it was kind yeah. of both. Um, All right. So. How did your interest in wine get started? How did how did how did that love affair begin? Um, well, so uh, you know, Megan and I living in California, we you know we had friends who would um, you know go wine tasting. So we started you know we did a couple uh, wine tasting excursions up to um, there's a, a town called Los Olivos um, in northern Santa Barbara County. It's the like Santa Inez Valley. Um, it's kind of where where the movie Sideways took mm-hmm. place. It's that. Yeah. It's that kind of region, um, and it's a you know it's like a short drive from LA. So um, just kind of getting into you know going wine tasting and and um, places like that, Paso Robles, you know places that are like an easy drive, um, and uh, and then it's sort of just kind of I guess as a hobby. Um, I, I well I worked with a woman um, who had taken was telling me about classes she had taken to become a master of champagne. Um, because she just really was into champagne. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into that just as, um, like, hey, I might as well, um, you know, I don't know, just expand my knowledge of that. It's, you know, something that, you know, we both enjoyed. Um, and then, yeah, so I just, I, I, I took um, I took a class through the Court of Master Sommeliers, the level one, which is, um, if you've ever seen the movie Psalm, that's the mm-hmm. that's the organization that the people in that movie are are you know they're trying to become uh, master master psalms. Um, and the intro was much less intensive than that. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a lot, yeah. but it wasn't quite yeah. to that level. Yeah. Um, and then I did um, wi- uh, the Wine and Spirits Education Trust level two and three. To uh, the level three was my um, certification for uh, as a sommelier. And a lot of people have heard the term sommelier. So can you kind of, for for those who who don't know what it is, kind of describe what that what that means? Um, I guess, I guess it's it's just having a um, a certain amount of knowledge about about wine, um, wine production, wine regions, um, growing practices. Um, the the kind of more traditional. Um, when people think of, of a sommelier, more traditionally, it's it's like in a restaurant um, mm-hmm. where you know they will send the sommelier over to you know make suggestions for you know to go with the food you're eating, um, and um, I I sort of ended up trying to just more do like a more broad kind of um, just learn about the wine industry and you know again like growing farming practices, mm-hmm. um, not not so much zeroing in on like specific vintages and um you know um stuff like that um just more of kind of like a broad um background mm-hmm. right um in wine so and you mentioned growing practices that that that's kind of the starting point uh for for where you know a 
traditional mass-produced wines are different yeah, from, exactly. from natural wines. So wanted to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about that. What's the difference between, you know, uh, 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 buying a bottle from, uh, from the, uh, your, the, your neighborhood liquor store and, and the kind of natural wines that you're, you're dealing in? Yeah, sure. Um, there's, I mean, there's not really a standardized definition of natural wine, but it's um, widely accepted, I would say, that, that it, it's, it's going to come from grapes that are um, organically farmed, um, either, either certified organic or, or organic in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not all farmers are going to go for the, you know, the full certification. It, it can be very expensive, and they may mm-hmm. be already doing the things needed to, you know, to, to be organic. Um, so uh, generally organically farmed, um, or at the very least sustainably farmed, mm-hmm. um, um, generally are firm f- for the fermentation, they'll, they will use, um, a native or indigenous yeast, um, rather than a, a cultured yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, um, more uh, conventional winemakers, like wines you'd, you'd buy in the grocery store, um, will use cultured yeasts. They're, you know, yeasts that are grown in a lab to um, get a, a specific flavor profile, like a desired, like if a, a winemaker wants to pump up, you know, the uh, pineapple flavor in a white, they'll use a certain strain of yeast that, mm-hmm. that will achieve that. Um, and uh, as opposed to natural winemakers who will use the, the naturally occurring yeast that, that um, you see on the grape skin, sometimes you see that kind mm-hmm. of like white, film right that's um that's the that's the native yeast there's also yeast that's present in the um just sort of floating around in the air in the winery that um sort of becomes part of uh, the fermentation process um the thinking behind that is is that you're getting a better sense of the um the terroir of the of the wine mm-hmm. if you're using if if the yeast fermenting is um, naturally occurring, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're the terroir being kind of it, it, a good way it was described to me is the, the, the somewhere-ness of mm-hmm. a wine, like how, how a wine tastes, it should sort of kind of taste like the in, environment that it right. was, um, created in. So it's not just the variety of the grape, it's also the particular valley it's grown in or the particular oh, yeah. plateau or Definitely. or yeah the or the particular region of a particular yeah. place yeah i mean a, a a wine you know wines made from grapes in the middle of a hillside versus grapes on the top of the hillside i mean it can be the exact same grape the exact same farm and they'll they'll have a, a completely different flavor profile just you know there there are um these microclimates a yeah. lot of times in the vineyards that will affect the flavor yeah. Um, so. so, so there's not an effort to to make, you know, two bottles of the same wine taste exactly alike. It's, you're going to let it be what it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of um, natural wine is um, is that it's it's not always going to taste exactly the same. You know, vintage to vintage or um, even bottle to bottle. Sometimes um, it's known as bottle variation, um, and you know it does happen every now and then. You'll get I mean, you'll get a bad bottle. Uh, it just, it, it's, um, it just happens sometimes, but it's, it's pretty rare. Um, most, most winemakers, natural winemakers know what they're doing and, um, are able to, to, um, you know, avoid that, I right. guess. 
and I would think that's a pretty narrow niche that they're not a, they're not a, a, a huge number of natural winemakers out there to uh, that can that you can utilize to supply your your uh, your customers. Oh, there. Well, there. I mean, there. The the distributors that we work with here in Arkansas have have been great about bringing in um, um, about just having smaller producers, um, you know, and bringing in new stuff. Um, you know, even though the the market is, I mean, it's still it's growing, it's emerging here, but um, but it is growing, and I mean, yeah. just since we've opened, in the two years we've been open, um, the amount of people we have coming in asking, you know, questions about natural wine, and um, just it seems like the awareness is yeah. has grown just yeah. in the in the time we've been open. So, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, April story tells it tells of your. Uh, introduction, I guess, to natural wines. So I, I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, um, so we um, so when we lived in California, um, Megan brought home a bottle from our you know one of our favorite little local shops um, that was a uh, it was a Mexican wine. Um, it was from the uh, Baja Peninsula, and there's a there's a wine country there called um, Valle de Guadalupe, and um, that it's kind of it's not really super well known um but there um there's some fa- fantastic um wines coming out of there um a lot of really old vines um that have been uh, you know were like kind of uh neglected for a while and then are being sort of revitalized and, and used to make wine um anyways the 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 wine she brought home was a producer called Bishi which um I think I I think means naked in um in yeah. in in Spanish um and uh it was just this kind of like a bright almost like Kool-Aid color mm-hmm. um uh just a really bright you know red um and uh just had this real kind of zing to it just a really um there was like a streak of acidity to it that, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know, some, some really, um, just kind of interesting earthy notes and, um, uh, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of funkiness to it. Um, it just was unlike anything we'd really ever, mm-hmm. um, ever had. Um, and, uh, so we started, um, going to these, uh, wine tastings that our, our, our local shop would do. They would do, you know, a tasting every Wednesday and they'd pour three wines. So we just started trying to, taste as much as we could um and uh yeah and just kind of figure out you know that's how you find out what you like yeah so um april story also tells us that you know while you were developing this love of wine you also had this idea of a business uh yeah. um and and so how did that idea uh how did that come about and then my big question is how did two people who'd never lived in Arkansas before, <laughs> decide to, to bring that idea to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, well, um, so we, you know, we'd each been, excuse me, about, about 20 years in the, in the entertainment business, mm-hmm. and um, we're just kind of looking for a, a change. Um, we were kind of just getting to the point where it was like, do we want to keep doing this or, or maybe mm-hmm. try to do something else? And um, so... Um, Megan's family uh, all live here in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They they kind of moved here from Kansas, and mm-hmm. you know maybe fifteen years or so ago. Yeah. So we've been coming to visit the area for for um, since about two thousand six. Okay, um, and just really 
really got to enjoy just enjoy coming here um you know there's a great food scene there's um um just a lot of really talented chefs doing exciting stuff there's there's uh, food trucks um the craft brewery scene here is amazing mm -hmm. um and we just i don't know kind of wanted to be a part of that um mm -hmm. and we you know from visiting kind of you know felt like there wasn't um really a wine bar th with you know anything like the, the kind of wines that we you know like like to drink and so we were like well you know maybe that would be a good a good market for it um mm -hmm. so um at the uh <laughs> um so right at the start of the pandemic was when i took my um certification exam mm -hmm. i mean it was like march 14th or something <laughs> um so yeah just under the wire yep um pre really pretty incredible timing um and right around then was when we had sort of megan and i had been talking about maybe seeing about putting our house in los angeles on the market selling it and you know using that to to move here and start a business right. and um you know then everything shut down for the pandemic so we we're like well you know i guess we're gonna put that on hold for a little bit um uh, and then about a month or so in, we, we got a call from our realtor saying, you know, hey, there, there's still houses selling. I mean, it's, you know, it, there's still a market. So we just kind of, we, you know, figured we'd probably be, if we'd stayed there, we'd, there's a good chance we wouldn't be working for, you know, at least the rest of the year. Right. As, as everything had just shut down uh, mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. So um, we decided to kind of roll the dice and put our house on the market and, ended up selling it and, and moving here. So we landed here in June of uh, 2020 and just kind of hit the ground running and started working on um, putting Mavis together um, with the hopes that, you know, by the time we got it up and running, you know, and um, by the time we were able to open, things would maybe start kind of opening up. Mm -hmm. We'd maybe start to be on the other side of the pandemic, hopefully. Um, so uh, we opened in March of 2021, and yeah, um, we're 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 still here. Yeah, <laughs> so almost I, two years I, now. I guess so, yeah. we, yeah, we, I guess we've done something, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, April, what were some of the things that you learned uh, about Megan and and Jeff that either surprised you or or, or um, uh, you found interesting? Um, well, they. They're quite a couple. They <laughs> have a really very cute uh, meeting story. Um, oh, yeah. How, how did you two meet on set? Um, we, it was uh, so we met on. Um, it was a it was a really low budget um, movie. Megan was the costume designer, and I was I was the prop master. Which I mean, it was like maybe the fifth thing I'd ever worked on. So I had no business. Um, <laughs> being the prop master, yeah. but, um, you know, low budget. So, um, the, the star of the movie was, um, Bronson Pinchot, uh, oh, who, yeah. who played Belky on Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, right, yeah. yeah. And, so, uh, we also had, on that one, we had, uh, Richard Mole from, uh, Bull from Night Court. Yeah, the big guy from Night Court, yeah. yeah. And, Gretchen uh, Mole's father, I believe. Uh, oh. Is it? Yeah. Oh, really? I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's anyway. right. Sorry, no, sorry no. about the east side. No, There's no, a... <laughs> no, no, that's, I, I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, just very low budget, but we, um, 
I guess oh, the way Megan kind of told it was that um, so sometimes in costumes and props, there's some overlap. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things, like, police belts, um, you know, like, on the on the lower budget level, mm -hmm. it, it can kind of go either way, costumes or props. So mm -hmm. um, we were kind of, we had to kind of meet to, to decide who was going to, you know, ba basically whose budget it was going to mm -hmm. come out of, right. <laughs> whose who's, who's <laughs> yeah. tiny budget. Um so um, yeah, and we just we just hit it off. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah we just hit it so, off. So so she says that she first noticed being the costume designer. She was like, he has a great T-shirt on. That's oh yeah, <laughs> that was, is an incredible vintage T-shirt. Like what a good choice. Yeah, like a vintage um, Philadelphia Phillies shirt. I mm. just. I mean, yeah. I'm not necessarily a Phillies fan. I just, it was just a cool shirt. Right. And meanwhile, he noticed yeah. that she had this um, minivan. Yeah, she had like an old, just this really old um, uh, Plymouth Grand Voyager. Um, yeah. with, with, with Kansas with, plates. With Kansas license plates. She called it the, the Vansus. Um, <laughs> it, it was the car that she had, you know, moved right. to California in. And, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We just yeah. we just really got along. And, so a um, couple of weeks later, she um, tells someone about his props abilities and gets him work on oh, the same gig as her. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah we 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 jumped from that show onto um, just right onto uh, an, another show. It was um, a producer that she knew was was hiring, and she recommended me um, to do like props and art department and um and um and it was it was uh shooting in las vegas for um i think about two months and you know again another really low budget movie mm -hmm. so uh one of the selling points was you know she was like hey to this producer you should you know hire this guy and he's like i don't want to pay for another hotel room and she's like you know what we'll we'll bunk together it's mm -hmm. fine yeah. you know we'll just so um yeah, <laughs> so oh, wow. we kind of just moved moved right in together uh, right away, so. um, and and that went fine. So yeah. I, you know, it was, <laughs> it, so. yeah, it could have it caught it could have gone a lot worse, but yeah. it it yeah, it was great. And how long um, have you guys been married? Uh, t um, we married in uh, twenty ten. Okay, so yeah. t uh, twelve years. Okay, wow. or yeah, it'll be thirteen years in November. That's yes. Right. So one thing that I found interesting from our interview was how intentionally they sourced, <clears throat> excuse me, each of their their wines, and that they made very particular relationships with the people who made them, so they can tell you everything about each one of the wines that they have. Um, but I I was curious about how you made the partnerships with the people that you did, and um, you know what drew you to them. Oh, like the the wine the winemakers or, mm -hmm. or the, the winemakers and producers. Um, the the winemakers we've met, I guess, has just well has just been, um, you know, I guess a few of them like we you know were before we really started getting into wine. You know, it was just we belonged to their wine club and and just that's a good way to you know really kind of learn about um a, a producer's you know what a producer makes um and then um you know some some of the people we've we've met has, has been has, since we since we moved here and started doing mavis um um we met one winemaker um whose wines we had been carrying at, at mavis um but we were out in um oregon uh, um doing a little kind of like a little Willamette Valley trip 
and we reached out to this uh, one winemaker whose whose wines we carry, and you know wanted to see if uh, um, you know we could come by and do a you know tasting room, and you know he 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 goes well he wrote us back, and he's like yeah I really don't have a tasting room, but you know if you if you want to meet me in this park in Portland, you know I'll just <laughs> I'll bring some bottles and we can. You know, chug wow. some wine under the bridge. And, uh, <laughs> we're like, all right, well, we'll yeah, we'll see, see what happens, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so, and I don't know, that's kind of, that's, I don't know, that's kind of the, the kind of winemaker, that's kind of the attitude I, I really um, appreciate in winemaking. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, this guy, I don't know if I should say the, the, Whatever uh, you sure. like. Oh, it's uh, his, his company's called Libertine, and it's you know it's one guy, this guy Alex, uh, Alex Neely, and he's just kind of making wines that you know he he wants to make. Um, he you know does blends. He doesn't do the same, doesn't usually do the same blend uh, twice, um, and then he works with these uh, just really kind of strange, obscure varietals. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Lagrain or Choirabe, um, you know, they're these just really, you know, Lagrain is um, uh, like an alpine Italian varietal. It's it's kind of like a light-bodied red that's kind of has some has some kind of similarities to Pinot Noir, but mm-hmm. um, and it it you know natively is you know from kind of where Italy and Austria meet in the mm-hmm. Alps, kind of around there, but. For whatever reason, somebody in Oregon is growing it. Um, so you know, this this winemaker will source those grapes and other, um, and just do these uh, kind of just strange. You know, I wonder what this. I wonder what this is going to taste like. Um, <laughs> sort of a mad scientist approach. Yeah. Very much yeah. a mad scientist approach. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of. I don't know. I, I just I, I appreciate that that approach. Um, just sort of like you know, it it it, it kind of takes um, uh, like uh, the stuffiness out of out of mm-hmm. wine, and it's 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 more you know like hey, this is just a, a fun thing that should be enjoyed by you know by everyone. Um, you don't necessarily need to age it, you know, drink it now, enjoy it now. Um, so you're you're in downtown Rogers, and I've I've talked about this before uh, on this podcast in various. Uh, 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 Iterations when we talked about the growth and the communities around here, uh, when when my wife and I moved to Rogers the first time, it was uh, quite a while ago, and and nothing was going on downtown. You know, after five o'clock on Friday night, um, uh, in those days I worked at the newspaper that had an office in downtown Rogers, and that was the only place that anything <laughs> was going on on going on uh, um, uh, on over the weekends. So uh, it's not that way anymore. And I know you know you're part of the downtown scene, and there are all kinds of restaurants and. And bars and, and and night spots down there. So, tell me a little bit about being in that kind of you know that's going on in Bentonville. It's going on in Springdale. It's been going on in Fayetteville for a long time. So, talk to us a little bit about being part of that kind of growing um, food and, and entertainment and hospitality scene. Yeah, sure. Um, it, it was really important to us to um, to be in downtown Rogers. We really wanted to, that to be our, our location. Um, there were there were people who suggested you know we open you know, you should open in Pinnacle. Um, and you know, that's, that's great. But we, we just, we, we just wanted to be part of like the downtown scene and, and, um, just, yeah, just all the stuff that you mentioned kind of coming in. I mean, even just since we've opened, there's been, 
yeah, all sorts of restaurants um, and bars, and there's and there's there's so much there's stuff coming down the pipe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a soul food restaurant that's supposed to open uh, in a month or two, um, not too far from us. It's just it's uh, it's just exciting. It feels mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know. There's a, like a vibrancy that um, that. I don't know. It's really great to, yeah. to be a part of, and um, and and the other businesses um, in downtown Rogers are are super super supportive of each other. Um, so it's a really good. It's a it's a great community of of other um, business owners and and um, people who are just you know passionate about about what they're doing. Okay, um, I know owning a business and running your own business takes an enormous amount of time, but are you, have you been able to get involved in some other activities, some other things uh, in the community? Um, not, not as much as I wish I, not as much as I wish I could. Um, but speaking of supporting other businesses, you did have like a community, like small business bingo or something. Yes. Um, yes. One of our, um, one of our, um, bartenders put together this, um, uh, it was, it was, um, it was around um, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and mm-hmm. it was like a small business bingo card. Yeah. Um, so, um, and she she actually went around to all these businesses and and really did a, an incredible job putting it together, mm-hmm. um, and you know got them to sort of right. you know involved and and made like a bingo card, and if you went to you know right. five businesses, you'd. So that was, you know, like everyone, we ended up having like, I think 36, 37 people bring their mm. bingo cards in. So that means, you know, 37 yeah. people went to at least five businesses and spent, you know, at least $5 at each one. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we were, yeah. yeah, it was great. All right. All right. Now, tell us uh, exactly where your your business is located in, um, in your hours, maybe. Yeah, 718 North 2nd Street, uh, Unit 101. We're at the other end of the building from Java Dudes. We're mm-hmm. across the street from the Harps uh, on 2nd. Um, and uh, our hours are Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Friday, uh, 3 to 10 and Saturday, 12 to 10. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, starting February, our plan is to also be open Sundays mm-hmm. now that um, there's Sunday sales in Benton right. County. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably Sunday, like 12 to 5 or 6, we're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see. I'd love to have Sunday night turn into like mm-hmm. an industry night almost oh, yeah. for, um, you know, other like servers and, and uh, industry people um, who, mm-hmm. you know, that like Sunday's their night off. Right. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to, we'll figure it out though. All right. And do you also have a wine club? Yes, we do. We, uh, we do have a wine club. Um, it's, uh, two or three bottles a month or I'm sorry, one, two or three. Um, it's still, it's still kind of in its infancy. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're still kind of, we're, we're still kind of figuring some stuff out with it, but it is, um, it is up and running. Um, or it will, uh, it'll be, we took a, we took January off because we were closed for a couple of weeks, but should be back up in uh, February. And we're also, um, we've started partnering with um, a uh, a local chef uh, and his wife, Garen and Mia Folden have a, um, they formed a company called Cura, uh, Cura Culinary. Um, And they um, have started doing a pop-up kitchen 
Um, we're oh. gonna we're gonna start having them like one once or twice a month doing sort of like a pop up kitchen. Cool. Um, he's an incredibly talented chef. He used to work at Bean and Vine and River Grill. Oh yeah. Um, familiar with Bean and Vine. Yeah. 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 So we, we've done a few uh, ticketed dinner events with like wine pairings with them, and they've they've gone really well. Um, they came in for New Year's Eve and did like sort of a small plates menu that was just fantastic. So um, we're we're really excited to to be like working with them uh, in the future. Cool. And you have a website? Yes, uh, www.mavisswineco.com. Okay. And and we're we the the company name is Mavis Wine Co. Okay. Uh, not company. Oh, okay. Mavis it's, Wine Co. Uh, it, yeah, right. it's a little thing, but okay. it's just yeah. All right. We'll make sure that's correct in your story. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, all right. So, April, yeah. anything else you want to add? No, I think we got it all. All right, Jeff. Anything oh. from you? Um, no, that's yeah. that's it. Thank thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you for your time. My oh. guest, go ahead. My pleasure. No, yeah. this is great. Yeah. Uh, my guest today uh, is Jeff Barnett. He and his wife Megan McDonald own Mavis Wine Co. Uh, in downtown Rogers. It's uh, it's believed to be the Arkansas's only. Uh, natural wine bar and bottle shop. We'll have a story about that coming up in our Sunday profile section in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, authored by our own April Wallace. So, Jeff, thanks again for being here. April, thank you, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before we move on to other content coming your way this weekend, allow me to take a moment to tell you about our most popular online stories from last week. Leading the way was a story from our sister paper in Little Rock, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, about the split in Cabot's United Methodist Church. Many Methodist churches in Arkansas, including some in our region, are at odds over whether to stick with the United Methodist Church's overall denomination or strike out on their own. You also liked reading about the changing of the guard at the University of Arkansas's football coaching staff, with the exit of Kendall Bryles as offensive coordinator and the return of Dan Enos in that same role. Lots of folks are following our coverage of the trial of Richard Bigo Barnett, the gravit man who was photographed with his feet on a desk in Nancy Pelosi's office during the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. Our reporter, Bill Bowden, is in Washington, D.C. to cover the trial. Now let's look at some of the stories coming your way this weekend. The city of Fayetteville plans to add six more miles of trails in 2023, including a Midtown Trail Corridor. Stacy Ryberd reports. Dave Perosik will tell us about the Bentonville School District's plan to review the growth in its transportation department as more families move to the area. Thomas Sassente will have an update for us on plans for an intermodal freight transportation facility along the Arkansas River. Monica Brick will take a look at the upcoming trial of Scott County Sheriff Randy Shores and Waldron Police Officer Omar Gonzalez. The two are accused of using excessive force on detainees. Readers will also get a look at the show's plan for Arkansas Public Theater's Season 38, which will be an abbreviated one due to an upcoming renovation project at the Victory Theater in Rogers. Becca Martin will have all the details in Sunday's What's Up Entertainment section. Our subscribers can access all this content and more on our smartphone and tablet apps and at our website, nwaonline.com. Non-subscribers don't have to feel left out. Just click on the subscribe button on the website or call us at 479-684-5509 to sign up. Again, that number is 479-684-5509. You'll be glad you called.
The Know the News podcast is a weekly production of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette and the River Valley Democrat Gazette newsrooms and comes to you every Friday. We'll be back next week with a new edition. And until then, this is your host, Rusty Turner, saying so long. Mm-hmm.